This is Adam Saborski, uh, writer of Serious Fun on DailyMTG.com, and this is Yo MTG Taps. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 19 of Yo MTG Taps. This is Joey Pasco. Big Head Joe is not with me at the moment. This episode's going to be a little bit different than the usual. Um, we've got two things coming up for you. First up is a completely unedited recording that uh, that we made yesterday during the pre-release. Um, it, as we kind of all took a break, it was myself, Big Head Joe, and our friend Tim. Um, after our first sealed tournament, we took a break for lunch and decided to record Top 8 Magic Style in a Chinese restaurant. And so uh, you'll hear some of our initial impressions of the Rise of the Eldrazi sealed format, which um, I have to say our first impressions weren't very favorable, but um, I think we've, we've all, we all feel a little bit better about it now after our second day of pre-releasing. Uh, speaking of which, our second thing that we have coming up for you is uh, an interview with the writer of Serious Fun on DailyMTG.com, Adam Stadborski. Adam was kind enough to actually go out of his way to come to our local pre-release that Joe was running um, at Amazing Spiral Comics in Hampton, Maryland, in the Rotunda Mall. Joe would want me to plug that. Uh, If he were here, he would be the one plugging it. So I figure I'd better do it. Um, So uh, Adam actually drove up to our pre-release and and played in our sealed tournament, and then uh, I was able to talk to him while Joe drafted. So... um, so you'll hear that, and next week we'll be back with our uh, the usual kind of episodes, episode 20. So um, hope you guys enjoy this, um, hope everyone's had fun so far at their pre-releases, and um, if you'd like to contact us, we are always available at yomtgtaps at gmail.com. Um, our website and all our past episodes are available on iwantmymtg.com, and uh, you can follow us on Facebook, you can find us on YouTube. Um, unfortunately, we didn't do any videos of our Rise of the Eldrazi pre-release. Uh, just We really just didn't have time, and uh, I think you'll hear more about that in a bit. And uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 331-MTG-TAPS. We definitely would love to hear from you. We will play your voicemail on the show if you have something um, you'd like to say. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hey, everybody. This is Joey Pasco here with... Big Head Joe and our buddy Tim, we're, uh, we're sitting, taking a little break from the pre-release to get some food. This, this is kind of like reminiscent of what I picture the Top 8 Magic podcasts to be like. Yeah. <laughs> They're always like podcasting from uh, random restaurants. Like, I, I really want to... after random restaurants, podcasting from like a park or something. Right, right. <laughs> I, like, I, re- I don't know how much I want to go to like Shake Shack and then like Magnolia Bakery oh my God, for banana cream pudding or banana pudding, I mean. They should just do a food podcast. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it almost is. Or they should try to get some like food sponsors because like every time I listen to that podcast, I get so hungry. I'm like, oh my God, delicious burgers. And like, oh man, like it's just like... So speaking of which, we figured we'd talk about the uh, format <laughs> so far. We've uh, we We've all just finished our first uh, sealed. All right, so um, who, who wants to go first? Any? Um, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. So they get Joe here. Howdy. Um, so I, I went two and two. It was kind of hilarious. I started out 0-2. Uh, I didn't win a single game, and then I uh, 
won 2-1 in round three and won 2-1 or maybe 2-0 in round four. I don't even really remember. Um, so I got my Mighty Pack. Um, Your Mighty Pack. What did you open? I opened that art of that equipment that's not good enough for me to remember its name. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, so I won three of my four games on the back of Keening Stone. Uh, so my last hurrah for Mill, like as you know, I used to play Mill a whole lot when yeah, uh, I was back playing back in the day. And uh, you know, I don't think it's a viable strategy anymore with all of these legendary Eldrazi Gaia's blessings. Who knows? Maybe they're all unplayable. Mm, I don't think so. I think uh, I think uh, I think Kozlek's definitely going to see some play, and I think the other ones are going to get cheated out probably. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Yeah, I think that Kozlek's going to replace um, Iona in blue eye control. Frankly. I've definitely thought about it. Yeah, so. I, I mean, um, so uh, as far as the format, what do you think? I think it's interesting, um, and I, I probably have more to say about it than just interesting. Right, uh, right. Well, seems to be our default go-to explanation yeah, I know. of things. <laughs> well, it's not not just us because limited resources. <laughs> they went through that entire uh, you know four hours of podcasting where they went over every single card, like every single common and uncommon at least. Yeah. And uh, it was like they said every card was interesting. They started talking about how they kept using the word interesting. <laughs> I was like, that kind of sounds like us. But uh, so I didn't have time to listen to that before today because uh, it didn't go up till like later. And by then I was already at work, and I was just like. You know, yeah. working straight through, and then I just didn't have time to listen to it at all. But unfortunate. So um, I don't know. I, I kind of right now we were talking on the way over here, and that's we kind of tried to stop ourselves so that we could record it. Um, but uh, basically, I was saying that this, at least so far, seems to be the most frustrating sealed format that I can remember because it's like, hey, I'm playing Magic. Hey, I'm playing Magic. Hey, somebody just played something like ridiculous. Why did I even play the first ten turns of this game? You know, um, it's like, oh, you played an Eldrazi. You know, even the eight casting cost, you know, the Ulamog's Crusher. Uh, it's terrible. Like, I'm sitting there going, all right, I've got seven mana. I need, like, another land, and I can draw my Ulamog's Crusher and maybe get back into this game. Because, you know, it, I was playing Magic, and at that point, the guy had taken kind of the control of the board, and then he plays Ulamog's Crusher, and it's like... And then, then I, top deck? and then I top deck deprive. I'm like, great, that's perfect. Of course, I was playing blue white. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. That's the eighty common, so, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, okay. Make sure you don't drop that in the soup. Yeah, <laughs> I, actually, I'm gonna set it right in the soup. It'll sound better. Why don't, why don't so, you like set it down like lean against a tray or something? I could. I just want to point it for now. I'll just wait till you guys get your food and I'll just pause it or, or something and then we'll uh, we'll resume. Or we can just set it down and just record us talking as we eat. Yeah. I think it's we'll kind see. of frustrating that I was printed at common because everybody's just ramping up the exact same card. Yeah, I feel that way too. Funny, I didn't get any damn Ulamog's crushers. I wouldn't have minded one or two. Did, did you get one, Tim? I got one or two. No, yeah. I got two. I got one. Everybody I played against had I, at least one I or did two. get two Hand of Emrakul. Now, the one thing that I noticed with the Eldrazi, and I think one thing that we're going to have to definitely uh, keep in mind um, once, or I would say even, you know, throughout Limited and maybe into Constructed, depending on how uh, much the spawn token thing becomes a factor in Standard, but um, you have a you have like a Pawn of Ulamog out, or whatever they are. I don't remember what the hell they're called. Ulamog's Crusher? No... 
Hand of Emrakul was the one I had. Okay. And like that's the is that a seven seven or seven seven annihilator one? And it costs nine or four. Or you can pick sacrifice, sacrifice four Eldrazi four. spawn spawn. Yeah. Um, if people have a bunch of spawn tokens, that annihilator is pretty useless. Like that's the one thing that like I really noticed. Like my opponent had like seven spawn tokens. I'm like, um, swing for seven. He's like. Sacrifice a spawn block with a spawn. I'm like, this sucks. Like, I really wanted to, like... That's interesting because all day and all the games I played, I saw four tokens total. They were all in the same game, and it was two, and then he sacrificed them immediately and then played... He, he, what he did was he corpse-hatched one of my guys. I had the... I built, like, a leveler deck, a blue-white skies kind of leveler deck, and it was, like, awesome when I drew correctly, but a lot of times, like, my, uh, round one I was paired against him... And I didn't draw any planes, so uh, once I ran out of blue cards, which I thought would draw, you know, give me time to get planes, I only needed one planes to start casting white cards. Uh, I, I thought I would get to it, but I never did. But anyway, um, in this particular game, I had played the uh, one-drop Merfolk that becomes a 2-2 uh, flyer and then a 4-2 flyer, and I put, like, the Eland Umbra on him, which is, like, plus 0, plus 4. I just wanted the totem armor. And, um, and he's like, corpse hatch, mnemonic wall, get back corpse hatch, corpse hatch. It was, like, ridiculous. And then he's like, brimstone mage or whatever. Every guy I played had, like, three or less toughness. And he just leveled up the brimstone mage and just killed everything I had. And oh. I was just, I was sitting there going, I just hope I draw into Ulamog's Crusher because that's the only thing I think I have that won't die to this. Right. And it was like, because I had so many levelers that... Starting off, the levelers are all weak. You know, like, they're low toughness. So I needed... By the time I would get a chance to drop one and level it up, he would have killed it, you know? I think one thing about the levelers is because, like, they all have um, such initially low casting costs. Mm-hmm. They're kind of, like, moderately appealing. They just kind of came out and clogged up the board. Like, yeah. Make sure nobody does anything the first five or six turns, and then just craziness. With the, uh, yeah, I mean... I think I think they're good to like start off the game, but like I think what Tim said earlier was like it's like you do all this stuff and then it feels like pointless because then somebody just drops something that you can't deal with and it was like what was all that for you know like it just seems pointless like you're playing all these cards but I mean I'll tell you venerated teacher is awesome and he's got awesome art <laughs> Greg Staples um, oh. let me tell you the biggest blowout card that I faced today was that red invoker. Um, it, it, it's like he's a he's a two two for three, and then you tap eight and creatures you control get plus three plus zero till end of turn. The invokers are really good. I played the the one that gives flying. Yeah, the, no, the one. flying one. I, I heard people blowing people out left and right with the flying guy. Um, the thing is, like, um, <laughs> I just recorded the sound of this. That's hot. It is. Con- uh, contractor, no, I will not bow to any sponsor. Yeah. Um, ah, Diet Pepsi. Uh, that's the one. You got the right one, baby. Um, so uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> an- 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 another slogan. And um, so, so he had like, he had Awakening Zone out. He had like all these other Eldrazi spawn generators, and he's just like, uh, swing for thirty. I was like, God, really? Like, it was just, it was such a blowout. Like, both games that that kid won, he won with that damn invo- uh, invoker. Um, and it was just, like, such a blowout every time. 
That's pretty nuts. Like, I know the invokers are good. Limited resources taught me that. Because otherwise I would have looked at it and went, Jesus, it costs infinity to do that. I mean, if the cards turn sideways, that eight just looks like infinity, right? <laughs> I mean, it might as well. I probably would have just went, not happening, and then just not played it. But they were, like, talking about how good it was, so I, I played with it. Did any of you guys have a game where you didn't get the eight? Maybe the first one where you didn't draw planes, but every other game, I, I feel pretty sure that I got the eight at some point. Yeah, that first game I had five islands and didn't draw any more lands than that. I, I definitely did have a... I had one or two games where I got kind of mana screwed. Um, and then I, I think that... Um, <coughs> Hot. <coughs> Breathed in. <coughs> Annihilator um, certainly kept me off eight once or twice. It was interesting because I really expected to see more Eldrazi. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Man, that looks good. I wish this was a video podcast. I could show everybody what you're eating. It yeah, looks no, really guys, good. Man, I'm telling you, this place is so tasty. and uh, Chinese food's awesome. Oh, my God. It is, I mean, their general sauce is like top-notch. Like, it's delicious. I wish I was more hungry than I am. Yeah. We'll <laughs> but, uh, later. but while you guys have your mouths full, I'll talk. Um, <laughs> some more. That's kind of terrible. <laughs> so, uh... Oh, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, Transcendent Master. I, 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 that's what I was going to say. It seems like whenever I either doubt or make fun of a card in on some level, it ends up either beating me or being like awesome for me. Because with World Wake, I kept saying, I don't need freaking 37 Halamar Excavators. And at the pre-release, I lost to multiple Halamar Excavators. And then... Um, this time, I it, the day that Colney uh, Hydra was spoiled, Vent Sentinel was also spoiled, and everybody's going, Colney Hydra this and Colney Hydra that all over Twitter, and I'm like, what, nobody's excited about Vent Sentinel? You know, being kind of sarcastic about it, and of course Vent Sentinel was doing some damage to me in one of the games I lost, um, and I can see that it's actually good. I mean, I, that was like less making fun of it, I was just kind of like... I don't know. When I first read it, I was like, whatever. I don't know that it'll... I, I kind of look at things from a constructed standpoint, so it's kind of uh, hard for me to judge things as good and limited, you know? Um, but as far as... Um, uh, oh, and Transcendent Master. I had... Originally, I liked it, and then I couldn't remember why. And I was like... I tweeted, you know, does that, can anybody tell me what's good about Transcendent Master? it kind of seems mediocre to me. And I guess in Constructed it could be, but it really depends on how quickly it can be answered. The fact that it goes indestructible is pretty relevant, although it just makes Path to Exile better, <laughs> even better. I mean, it's already ridiculous, and it's coming, you know, it's, it, it's even better now if people are going to be playing Eldrazi, because the only Eldrazi it can't hurt is uh, Emrakul. So, uh... Is there any way around indestructible in this seal? No. That's a good question. Um, Sacrifice. Yeah. Consuming yeah. vapors. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. pulled a foil consuming vapors, but that was about the only good black card I had, so uh, I didn't play that. Maybe I should have. I'm wondering if I should have gone like something, maybe blue red or white red or something. I don't know. I just thought it. I like. I had so many good levelers and venerated, uh, venerated teacher and transcendent master. I was like, I gotta play levelers. Like, this just looks fun. But. 
it just feels like frustrating because it's so I guess the the term is uh, you know what bomb heavy or bomb focused it's you know everything's dependent on bombs at least that's what it seems like so far um, oh and that's the other thing was that it seems like the games go so long that it's basically 50 minutes is enough time to play roughly two games so if you split you know if one player wins one and the other player wins the other you end up drawing game round one uh, Tim won I was mana screwed and Tim won and then the second game and that was actually pretty quick yeah you're right and then we go to game two and that was so long that we went to time and I won on like turn four or something of, of extra turns and you know it was a draw and then I go round two, and I start playing this guy. And, and this is what we were talking about, this, this guy that I played, and then you ended up playing him, Tim, uh, the next round. He seemed like he had answers for everything. It was like you, I, uh, I played that Merfolk, which was like my go-to one-drop. Um, and it was I, I put like an Umbra on him, and I'm like, yeah, and I start leveling him up, and he, I got him as like a... I think he's, you know, he's on like his second stage... He's not on his. He's not fully leveled up yet, and I'm like, this is great. You know, I've got my this this Merfolk. I'm I'm leveling him up, and I've got an Umbra on him, and the guy plays domestication on it, and I'm like, come on, this sucks. Like I'm putting everything on this guy, and of course it wasn't leveled up to be higher than four power, and I had no way of dealing with it other than drawing a, a uh, regress, the one regress in my deck that I could have bounced the, the domestication with. Oddly enough, I won that game. Uh, but it was frustrating because, you know, I'm, like, thinking I have something good and he steals it. And I'm, you know, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed frustrating. It felt like everything I played he had an answer for until yeah. the end. I got those, what was it, Hada Spy Patrol, who I keep wanting to call Hada Sky Patrol. But they're uh, they're the ones that level into uh, 2-2 two, two unblockable and then a 3-3 three, three Shroud unblockable. Mm. Those are great. So what were you going to say, Tim? Yeah, I remember one of the games, the first game I lost... I had pretty like pretty good board position. Uh, I was doing pretty well. And it's a pretty late game. I think I had whatever the eight, eight guy is. Is that Ulamog? Yeah, Ulamog's crusher. Yeah, one of him. It's late in the game, and of course he draws swamp, consuming vapor. That's, oh yeah, yeah, to sacrifice one. I don't remember exactly what I sacrificed, but I think he gained somewhere around sixteen to twenty life from the other creatures. Oh, that sucks. And in the next game, like, he switched decks and beat me the same exact way. (laughs) Did he play you both games with the red-blue deck? Yeah. He played me red-blue first game and then green-white the second game. (laughs) And he just, like, ramped up to Moolamog. And then put in And I had a corpse sketch from my hand. And, of course, uh, he immediately put one of the totem armors on it. (laughs) So kill it once and attacks once or twice... I draw into my uh, level up death touch guy, play him, level him up. He plays the guy that when you tap eight to tap all my creatures. So he tapped all my guys. Oh, the dawn like dawn flare invoker, some dawn something invoker, the white one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got in again. I untap. Finally, like I need a removal spell for that guy before I can like. Be able to block with a your death touch guy. My right? death touch guy. What is it? Nirkana Cutthroat, I think it's called. Something like that. So finally, he attacks into the death touch. I block. 
and I sacrificed like I don't know, probably six to eight permanents. And I like after being mana flooded all day, immediately draw Ulamog and uh, Pestilence Demon. Right, and not have enough land to play either of them. So I drew enough land. Eventually, right? Played the Pestilence Demon as a blocker. He immediately gave his guy protection from black, black. and got through. Yeah, that was frustrating because I was watching and I saw Tim's hand had Ulamog's Crusher and the Pestilence Demon, and he was like on seven lands. And um, I think, you know, he, he played like. There were two in my graveyard at that point. Two, two lands in my graveyard. Okay, yeah, I saw two, two lands in your graveyard, and I'm like, what? Where did they come? You know, I guess he had to discard those. I didn't even consider Annihilator, but I saw that, and I'm like, okay, he's, he can get right back into this game if he plays that Crusher, and he played the Pest- Pestilence Demon, and I thought, I wonder why he, he played that. What was your logic? I was thinking because um, Ulamog has to attack every turn. Oh, it's Ulamog won't demon. be able to block. Yeah, the Pestilence Demon will be able to block a little bit longer. Okay, yeah, because you were down pretty low on life. Like, two or three. Yeah, so it was like, played the Pestilence Demon like as a blocker, finally, like trying to climb back into the game, and the guy plays that white card that's like, uh, give your creature protection from a chosen color, and of course he uses black. And it's just like, you know, in that case, Ulamog would have been better, but it might, wouldn't have lasted long, because you play Ulamog's Crusher, and now that can block for that turn. Yeah, next, next turn, turn if you play Pestilence Demon, he can say, give it pro-black, pro yeah. but Ulamog's going to be tapped. You know, and he had plenty of permanence to sacrifice, so it was like, we keep calling it Ulamog, it's terrible because, you know, it's just the shortened name for it, but there actually is an Ulamog, I think it's going to end up confusing people eventually, but anyway, yeah, so that's like, you feel, you have these two bombs in your hand and you can't even get back into the freaking game, that guy had so many answers for everything. I think it's the um, level up creatures, I think, are kind of replace like mid-level creatures in the format, so it stalls everything earlier than normal. So I think that's part of the reason why, like, just the vanilla, like, lower casting cost creatures are kind of yeah, not that great. Like, I mean, I think I had a ton of one and two drops just because everybody was level up. Uh-huh. And then, of course, I do that when it's doing the same thing. And then everybody's just stalled until somebody can uh, get a palm out. What I noticed, when I started playing this, um, this morning... I started with, like, six creatures in my deck. And, like, a ton of removal. I had two of those imps that get creatures back from the graveyard. Uh, the 3-3 three, three defender Ca- guy. Cadaver imp. Or I keep saying it. Cadaver imp. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's like rebound or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Eldazri. Eldazri. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like, even after Brian David Marshall, like, kind of, like, he, I don't, I don't think he wanted to go, dude, dude. Seriously, it's Eldrazi. Like, I think Zvi was doing it on purpose. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, on the uh, the podcast, the Top Eight Magic podcast, where they talked about the uh, consuming vapors, their preview card. It's um, it's BDM and Mike Flores talking about it for a while, and then it goes to. Uh, I guess it, it's a it's a separate episode, I guess, but it's uh, it's Zvi and BDM talking about Rise of the Eldrazi in general and consuming vapors. And Zvi keeps referring to the Eldrazi as Eldazri, and I swear he's got to be doing it on purpose. I know because a couple times he actually pronounces it right. I kind of just think he's doing it to be funny. Um, so yeah, that's what we're talking about. 
But yeah, it was pretty funny. He has the most infectious, like, enthusiasm of anyone ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I just thought it was so funny. It was V, right? You're talking yeah. about V? Yeah. His enthusiasm, so he has like this, I mean like, he's like in his 30s, right? Yeah, I think he's about 30, 31 maybe. He's got I think like, he's right around like my age. Such a like, childlike enthusiasm, and it's by no means meant to be like an insult, but it's just like, he just gets like really excited and like laughs about stuff. He gets like... Like a like a conniving little kid is is what he reminds me of. Like hey, I'm gonna do like I'm gonna like like someone pretending to be like uh, think nasty. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna destroy all of you. <laughs> like <laughs> just kind of cracks me the hell up. Absolutely. So like I said, I started with like six total creatures, two hand of Emrakul, and a um, artisan of Kozilek in my deck. I got the artisan out and immediately got corpse hatched. Um, it seemed like every game, I was slowly adding more and more creatures until the last match. I'm playing with that vanilla two one flyer, two vanilla three three red creatures for four. Um, like I was just playing with a bunch of vanilla creatures and just like I just went like simple on it. I don't know, it was interesting, and I just removed anything they had and like swung in. Um, and eventually just started using Keening Stone. I just basically started clogging up the board until I could draw my Keening Stone and then just milling out. Um, I don't know if that's the best plan, but it was the plan that seemed to work for me in the last two rounds, so... What's uh, what's that white card? Is it, uh, it's, the, it's a white and two, and you gain two life and draw a card if you have more life than your opponent, and then it's that rebound? Sur- survivor's Cash or something? Like, I, don't, I don't even know if that's what it's called. That's good. It's really good. Every time I played it, it was draw two, gain four. Every single time. It was like, this is fan-freaking-tastic. I swear, I'm pretty sure at least once I forgot to draw for the turn because I drew for the card, you know, for during the uh, rebound, and then just forgot to draw. Like, I realized that the next game, I think, because I played it again, and I was like, I don't think... Because I went, you know, I draw my card for the uh, rebound, draw for the turn, and I thought, I think when I played this last game, I didn't draw for the turn. And I lost that game. That sucked. But I did win that match, so whatever. I don't know if one extra card deep would have mattered. But, man, I have a lot of draw cards in my deck. Like, I'm like, Wall of Omens draw a card. See, what is it? See uh, Beyond. See Beyond. You know, I'm like, every turn for, like, one of the games, it was like I started right off turn two, uh, Wall of Omens, or See Beyond. Turn three, Survivor's Cash, or, or whatever it's called. Turn four, uh, Wall of Omens and something else, you know. Oh, you know what I didn't see was a Seagate Oracle. No one played it one against me, and I never, I didn't pull one. I, I think I pulled one, but I didn't use it. I thought about playing blue. I actually wound up playing black red, because um, it seemed to have the most removal. And um, But, it, but the, 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 the bad part about that was that I wound up with very little... Eldrazi spawn tokens. Like, I felt like if I had more of those, I would have been able to ramp up better. I feel like ramp's pretty important in this format. You know what sucks? Hmm. was that unified will card. It was, well, I say it sucks. It sucked for me. Because I felt like when I was behind, when I needed it, I didn't have enough creatures on the board. Uh. And so I got to the point where if 
I could, if they were casting a spell and I had more than one, more than more creatures than them, I countered whatever it was they were playing. It was like I'm not getting to the point where this is a dead card again. It's supposed to be fantastic and fish and legacy. Yeah, well, that makes more sense. I mean, in, in a constructed deck, yeah, in a constructed deck, I can see why it would actually matter. But I mean, in in this situation, it felt like when I wanted to play with it. Uh, it was dead. Like, when I'm sitting there with, like, Wall of Omens, watching my opponent play, like, even one more spell when they have, you know, one creature on the board, it's like, I can't play this. This is a dead card. Well, you need you need to play it in a deck that's running something with spawn tokens or something. That, that's true. That would have helped. But, uh, you know, I was playing blue-white. There are no spawn tokens in those colors. And, uh... But I did have a lot of creatures. I think I played something like... I think I played 13... Excuse me. I think I played 13 creatures total. So I felt like it would be good, but... And it wasn't terrible. I counted a narcolepsy on um, on that merfolk leveler. So that was, uh, you know, that was actually pretty relevant because I, I ended up killing him that game. But uh, Deprive actually was pretty good for me. Like, at one point during the game I played against him, or one of the games I played against him, I think it was game one, I discarded Deprive and kept Unified Will in my hand. And I was pissed that I did that, because I was like, man, Deprive, I should have kept Deprive, because that's relevant anytime. Unified Will is a dead card. But that was game one, round one, so I didn't learn that yet. But, uh, because there were times you cast, that's what it was. I think I played something to try to get back into the game, and you, that was the turn, you you played the Flame Slash, the one red for damage you played. I had, I could have... Yeah, I could have played Deprive on that if I had it, but instead I had Unified Will and I couldn't play it, and so you killed that creature and then swung for 10 with, uh, with, what's that, um... The 1-7 guy. 1-7, do you remember what he's called? Valakut Firebore. Yeah, Valakut Firebore. He's an elemental boar. (laughs) Um, yeah, you you swung with the Nirkana Cutthroat and the the Firebore after taking out my one blocker. Uh, that I, I had two creatures, but one had attacked. So it was. Uh, so you know, there was an instance. <laughs> the bathroom here could probably exponentially cleaner than the one in the shady grove by now. Good call. So uh, we'll probably wrap this up, and we'll record some later. But yeah, I just was, we just figured we'd record some of our thoughts. Does anybody? Yeah. Um, do you have some last? Does anybody like after playing? Well, overall, like I, I like I like the format. I mean, it's definitely new. It's radically new. You know, like, there's a lot of stuff going on that, like, we either haven't seen or, like, didn't expect we'd see. You know what I mean? What do you think um, the main thing is, like, about this format? Like, like, what is the biggest surprise to you? Like, what card do you think was good, like, better than you expected? Or, like, what card... Or what overall did you think would happen that didn't? Like, what was the biggest surprise for you? I think Deprive was better than I expected. I mean, it was just a counterspell, but I was, like, willing... At least in in Sealed, and possibly in Limited in general, I'm fine with letting some early spells resolve anyway, so when I need to play the Deprive for something relevant, like, it's fine that I have to return to land. It's not a big deal. Um, although if you're trying to ramp to Eldrazi, it's not necessarily the best idea because I do know. I was looking at my lands and I'm like, oh cool, I've got, I've got seven lands. Um, I just need one more for my Crusher, and I had Crusher in hand. 
and I played Deprive, and at some point, you know, he continued his turn. Whatever it was I deprived, I don't know. It was less than a minute later. I looked at my hand and went, oh, yeah, I have this land. I can just play land and then play Crusher. And I'm like, no, this is the land I returned with Deprive. Damn it. <laughs> and so, you know, I play it, and I draw a land, and I'm like, or, you know, I draw, I play, go to my next turn, I draw a land, and I'm like, well, now I have the eight lands, but I'm only on seven now. I did still win that game, but I was, I, I was like, damn it. It just threw me off. Um, so if you're ramping, it might not be the best card. But I did, I did like it, and I love the levelers, although they, they I think, are really the reason for games going so long and for so many draws. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it's really seems like, you know, I drew round one, I drew round two, round three, my opponent didn't show, so I got a win, and round four, I finally won in game three. So it was, uh, and my opponent was kind of mad screwed. So it, it felt to me like, I mean, Tim said at one point, and I, and I posted it on Twitter, that, you know, after round two, we had every combination of no wins that were possible. Like, Joe was 0-2, I was 0-0-2, and Tim was 0-1-1. It was just like, hey, uh, how many ways can you not win? Well, three. You get a one drop, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I mean... We didn't have 01 drop or 02 drop because you could also have that. True. I, I've heard of 02 drop somewhere before. Shout out! Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, first of all, uh, we saw the sundry here from Twitter. That's right. Hey, dude, and his son Sebastian, who loves his uh, his the, the black um, the vampire b- intro yeah, deck. Yeah, the black open dueling deck. Yeah, what is it? Draw Dralnia or whatever. What's your name? Dralna. Drama, the yeah. Blood Chief of Colostria or something like that. He was like, she kicks so much butt! <laughs> <laughs> like, is that the one that's two black and X? Tap it, target creature gets minus X, minus X. Or, an, or Well, so it, it's the target creature gets minus X, minus O, or minus O, minus X, and she gains plus right. X, plus O. So it was cool to see him today. He came up to me, he was like, are you Big Head Joe? And I'm like, gee, I'm thinking to myself, gee, I wonder how on earth he ever recognized me. Uh, not like that cartoon portrait. Not like that cartoon portrait is 100% accurate or anything. <laughs> um, like, it might as well have just been a photograph, for Christ's sake. Um, I just wish I had... It just makes me mad because I don't own any more sunglasses. Like, I'm like, damn it. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to look like. You sold your sunglasses to a guy at the Of Montreal concert for, like, 20 bucks. 20 bucks. <laughs> and you threw your other pair on stage of the uh, Islands show. Oh, yeah, I did throw a pair. Apparently, you have a knack for... Wearing sunglasses leaving at concerts. concerts. Yeah, leave for one thing, wearing them at concerts, but leaving with less sunglasses than you came in with. <laughs> it's pretty good. And those are indoor nighttime concerts, not like Is outdoor that... summer concerts. No, no, I definitely like to wear my sunglasses in crowds. Um, my the biggest surprise for me was the fact that Tim um, ramp. <laughs> Ramp seems really important. I was surprised how fast, like, seeing somebody ramp makes you think, like, oh, crap. Yeah, yeah. Like, as soon as turn four or five, you start to see spawns, you're just like, uh, God. Uh-oh, here it comes. Like, you know, the biggest surprise to me, honestly, was I saw all this red burn in my pool and was like, all right, throwing all this crap in my deck. And, like, almost every time... Like, you'd have the one that, like, deals one damage to, like, up to three creatures. Sometimes that was a blowout, and sometimes you would just kill three spawn, and it was nothing. Or sometimes they would have something big. It always seemed like I had the wrong burn spell in my hand. Or, like, 
he probably would have killed my deck because all four, my stuff was like low low drop. The four damage to target creature, um, I don't remember what it's called, but flame slash. Flame slash had that. I, I top decked that similar to your top deck of deprive. Uh, dude levels up his uh, guy to a five five first strike, and I top deck the flame slash. Well, my thing with the flame slash is. You, know, you, you don't want to spend it on a one-drop level up, like leveler. Right. It's, you're looking at it like, oh, I don't want to kill that, and then they pump it up, and it's sorcery speed, so you're like, oh, I lost track of their mana, I didn't realize they could pump it to a 5-5, five, five, so now I held held the flame slash, and it is now worthless. Oh, you get to play a land every turn, too? I wasn't accounting for that. <laughs> this is kind of... Yeah. I just caught my surprise a couple times. I, I definitely was. Um, but uh, it just I feels like myself. when you use it to kill a one or two drop, it's like, eh, do I want to do that or hold it for something bigger and then something bigger comes and it's too big? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's not a there's not a lot of middle ground in yeah. this set, which is kind of, you know, the way I operate in life. Um, <laughs> so in a way, I can appreciate that about this set. We are of one heart. Um, but... I mean, four damage is normally good for, like, a mid-range creature... Now it's good for one or two drop. Yeah. Three thirty. It's three thirty now. We might have missed the sign up. I thought it was starting at three thirty. So I think they said three to three thirty with sign ups. Well, we'll find out when we get back. Yep. If we otherwise, decide. we'll just draft. Yeah. Or play another sealed. Right. I almost could go for another sealed. I wouldn't mind opening six more packs. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like I don't know. I'm actually playing. Oh, I could play one more sealed as long as I didn't draft in between it. Like, that's the been the problem. I'll do a sealed, I'm like, all right, let's draft. And I'll do a draft, I'm like, all right, let's do sealed. And I'll do sealed, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so tired. Like, literally was like laying my head on the table playing sealed uh, last night, like, or last, uh, Zendikar, I think. Ridiculous. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Well, let's wrap up for now, and we'll just, uh, we'll add to it later. Yeah, or take some of it out. Right. <laughs> Maybe not. I might just leave it unedited, like Top 8 Magic, man. You know, Top 8 Magic, they don't edit theirs. It doesn't mean they're they're right. <laughs> That's because they have, like, a cassette player. Like, and, and like, what is he going to do, like, cut the tape and, like, retape it? I don't think they're recording with a cassette player. They're recording with a cassette player. Like, one oh, of those... Boy. Probably, yeah, a talk boy. There it is. <laughs> Hi, kids. We're home early. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, you can't really, you know, you can't, I don't think BDM's, like, sitting around splicing tapes at, like, two in the morning. So, like, you know, they kind of have to throw it up there. It's like, I'll send it to you as soon as the tape's done playing, because I'm playing it onto my computer to record it onto my computer. We love you guys. You know we just messing. We just messing. <clears throat> Alright. My mouth is full. <laughs> I tried to wrap it up right while I tried to have something in my wrap mouth. Wrap it up, B. You gotta wrap that up, B. Alright, thanks guys for listening. Uh, Top 8 Magic. I mean, sorry, Yo MTG Taps. Or whatever sorry we're for, called. Sorry for making you listen. It, it, <laughs> sorry for making you listen to us eat, too. Yeah. So, uh, this is Joey Pasco here with Adam Staborski, the writer of Serious Fun on MagicTheGathering.com. Uh, doing kind of a little Yo MTG Tap special here. I think this is going to end up on episode 19. Um, we recorded a little bit yesterday, and I think uh, episode 19 is going to be pre-release impressions 
of, that we, we had yesterday, and I guess maybe some of mine now, and, and some of yours as well. So uh, say, you can say hello to everybody there. Hey, how's everybody doing? Um, so I, I just had a couple questions here. Um, first, how did you get into magic, and, and when? Um, I mean, I, I pretty much covered the story for the most part um, when I when I introduced myself on, on the wizard side. I mean, I, yeah. I had buddies who played... Um, you know, my really good friend, he played before me, and he had a bunch of Ice Agey kind of stuff, and he was really excited this Mirage set was coming out, you know, so it's pretty much when I got on board. Um, you know, I remember he uh, gave me, um, you know, gave me a couple cards, and my buddy had a bunch of cards, and when he got out early on, he uh, he gave me his cards, and, you know, I just kind of, you know, played for there. It was like a lunch thing in the cafeteria, and uh, then it kind of became like a hobby, you know, in downtime when I was doing theater in high school, and then it was... You know, I kind of picked it up again in college, so off and on since like, you know, since around the time uh, um, Tempest Saga. Right. Uh, do you have like um, memories of what like your first kind of decks were? What kind of decks you like to play at that point? Yeah, I uh, I was I really loved. Uh, my buddy had a blue white deck, mm-hmm. and um, it it did a lot of really good stuff. Like, you know, I had like. Um, walls of junk and just it was really hard to like beat you know he had warship and you know so like I mean basically it was like you know the first time like we ran into like a meta game you know my buddy ran tranquility he's like this will kill warship you know and that's the reason he put it in and he played warship and then just stomped over with his dudes it was like you know like just you know the the blue white with counterspell like I kind of knew like wow brainstorming counterspell like I kind of like kind of felt like the cards were good but like I didn't know how to use them right so I'd like brainstorm like on turn one and instead of getting the the second land I need for the hand I'd put the land all the way at the bottom and go I'll draw these good cards first and I can't do anything for two turns you know so I mean I you know I I definitely uh, you know hit the learning curve like everyone else but um you know those are the decks I really got into with um you know and it's a little different now (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I got that impression too. Um, I, I remember with blue cards, we were like Joe, Big Head Joe actually would play, who actually ditched us, ditched the interview so that he could draft. You know, so in case anybody's wondering, we didn't, uh, we don't have him tied up in anybody's trunk. Uh, just, just to point out, he he did a great job, like like running and organizing everything for the sealed event. Um, you know, and he let me in, you know, in the second round because I got here really late. Um, you know, and, and got orders for pizza and brought pizza for the guys and stuff. I mean, it was, um, you know, he deserves to be drafting right now. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, I don't hold it against him. Maybe no, no, know, I don't. I'm, I just <laughs> like to, you know, to mess with him. So, uh, but yeah, he, he, and from what I remember, he was the first person to be playing blue. But he was playing blue for, like, Leviathan and Polar Kraken. Yep. He wasn't playing counter spells, I don't think. And I think we all thought counterspells were like cheesy, you know, like circles of protection and counterspells. Don't play those, you know. That's yep. you know, you don't play. Nobody plays those. It was like this kind of unwritten rule of you know, don't play those kind of cards. Let's all just play creatures and smash into each other. Yep. So uh, it's kind of one of those funny things how how it changes over time. Because now I'm the one playing all the counterspells. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you're, you're a writer for magicthegathering.com, which is really freaking cool. So how did that come about? How did you end up doing that? Um, I still don't, I still don't really understand. It's, <laughs> it's um, I was writing for, um, for another website, um, you know, MTG Salvation, you know, and there's, oh, um, you were writing for Salvation. I, I was, you know, but I wasn't writing anything I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm one of the guys, you know, and I'll admit, you know, I have a lot to say, but sometimes they're, 
you know, there's, there's less substance than I think there is. So, um, you know, I got a, you know, uh, Kelly, the editor at uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, contacted me and asked me if I was interested in throwing my hat into the ring for, um, you know, trying to, you know, trying to write serious fun. So I, you know, I did that and, you know, that took, you know, like three months later, I found out I was in, you know, and like a month and a half after that, I finally got contracted in and, you know, kind of switched over. So, I mean, it was, um, you know, it was a pretty long process. You know, they, yeah. you know, they had the luxury, uh, you know, uh, to, to really look at everybody closely. So I'm, I'm still kind of like shocked about it. You know, I <laughs> don't understand how awesome it is, but, um, you know, I know it's really, uh, it's a really great opportunity. Yeah. I really enjoy, um, you know, saying things I have to say and some, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that I was doing already, but now like, you know, it, it gives me that next level of encouragement. You know, like, I really enjoy, yeah. um, you know, looking at things to write about. And that's that's neat. Like I'm, I always enjoyed writing, but I, I have my blog, which is basically like when I have something to say, I'll say it, and otherwise, like two three weeks go by and I don't write anything because I don't really know have a topic. So that's something um, I'm always curious about. Like, do you have kind of like you know ideas for for particular topics that you're going to cover like a couple weeks in advance, I guess? Or how, how do you end up? How do you choose topics? Is it you know obviously the new set is kind of gives you something right away it's like it's yeah. a new set but i mean on those kind of there's those times the in-between times when like all right the set's been out for a while there's nothing really big going on like you have just kind of a list of topics that you're going to cover at certain points yeah well i mean i think um you know if you know, basically every other week is a theme week for the website so oh, it's usually yeah. those um Usually, and I say that with you know a grain of salt. Usually, they provide some pretty good um, you know uh, ideas to, to move forward with. Um, we get a you know a few weeks' notice, and um, you know some of us are a little more you know it's easy for for somebody to be a little more on theme than others. So you know it's not a requirement um, you know generally, but it's you know I find it's easier to write on theme. Um, you know, I'm still trying to still trying to get a sense of of how far I can I can push something and make it acceptable to be on theme or kind of push an idea and, and, you know, the, sometimes the response is extremely surprising yeah. that I get from, from writing. But, um, you know, it's, uh, there, there are other things, you know, like, um, you know, being the, being the fun guy, yeah. you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, I take it pretty seriously, you know, like I have to, I <laughs> wow. have to think, yeah, you know, uh, Serious you know, ha, ha, ha. but no, I, in, in, you know, uh, you know, to, to be honest, I mean, I, I really do have to, to be thinking on my, on my, on my feet, you know, in mm-hmm. advance and making sure that, you know, I, I'm, I'm moving ahead because I notice when, if I don't have a good game plan for tackling, you know, a week or, you know, like the following weekend, I'm busy over a weekend. It makes it, um, makes it a little tough to, to really deliver something I feel happy about, you know, and, um, right. you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't think every writer delivers, you know, the, the next Pulitzer, you know, or <laughs> sorry, every, every reporter delivers a Pulitzer every right. week, but, but just being able to, to provide something that's honestly, you know, really enriching for, for people, um, you know, I think it's a challenge to really get, you know, that 100% every time. Right. Um, you said you used to write for MTG Salvation. So, uh, what was your column there? Because I don't even—I guess I don't read the Salvation articles very often. But. It was just a blip on the radar. I mean, I was—you know—I, you know, they—they they just have, you know, um, like like a lot of websites, you know, have open, you know, deliver content, you know, you know, basically right. free content, you know, that they can that they can put out there, you know, mm-hmm. and it draws draws readers in, um, you know. So, I mean, I was just, you know, I was just getting my feet wet. Really, it gave me. Gave me a you know a visible place to do it in and um, like 
like at uh, like um, you know at Daily MTG now, you know the the feedback was always surprising. You know, I feel like there there are certain websites that really. I used to think that there were certain websites that really skewed towards the tournament crowd and the cutting edge and, you know, always looking for the next level and the best tech and, you know, all of those, you know, terms that everybody loves to sling around but doesn't know 100% what they always are. Um, and I really found that I feel that the, the, the majority of players um, who really read and follow closely everything that's going on in Magic on the Internet are the tournament players. Yeah. You know, because there's, you know, they have a vested interest in, in always, you know, feeling a pulse because they... You know, they know that sometimes, you know, things come from those surprising places, you know, um, and they, you know, the, you know, the, that the casual, you know, I find that most of the casual players I run into are, I mean, they're just like, you know, like the guy I played today was like, yeah, I stopped playing in Prophecy and I came back because I saw the monsters and they looked amazing. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. like, I love the Eldrazi, you know, and he just showed up, played and, you know, rolled his, you know, tried to recover what he could from it and he was happy, you know, and right. that's, you know, I think those are, those are some of the players that, you know, it's it's really hard because those are the kind of players I want to talk to and write to and encourage to you know at least just to show up to a store every other week and right. and continue playing. But you know, they're they're not the ones reading the web websites yeah. all the time, and they're you know they're they're not the ones that talk to the people all the time about magic. So it's you know it's it's a real challenge to connect um, you know the the players you know to get those players connected at least in you know just enough where they're you know where they're aware and. Uh, and invested again, you know. Yeah, and that's a really good point. That's something I never really thought about. About you know the the casual players, they're casual for a reason because they don't really put you know they're not going into you know sitting in front of their computer and spending hours reading articles because they're casual players. They're playing casually, and that's kind of the the point of it. Um, I mean, and so, some do. I mean, yeah. some really you know really are vested. I mean, I'm, I'm an example of that. You know, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that comment you know regularly on you know in the forums mm-hmm. on my articles. You know that you know they they're not looking for the tournament thing. You know, okay. they're not looking for the edge. But you know, they put a lot of time and care and effort in. You know, and, right. and the guys that you know that that build their own cube and that's all they do. You know, they're still casual, but they're definitely very on top of what's going on and, and okay. very invested. You know, and so I mean, it's you know it's, it's really hard because there's so many different. So many different ways to slice what's casual and, and yeah. bump it up, and you know. Um, yeah, and I guess I, I was thinking along the lines of casual. Like I saw the monsters, and so I showed up to the pre-release yeah. casual. Like that's the other end of casual. Like yeah, that's... A, a friend of mine showed up today. Like that, I think I, we mentioned. Like he um, he hadn't played since Mercadian Masks. He played with us. He started the same time as us, and um, you know I have all these great memories. Every time I think of when I was like 15 and playing Magic, it's in his basement, and. Um, you know, he, he played Versus System for a while, so I got to play with him some more, like, but not Magic. We managed to get him. I, I pasted uh, the, the image of Kozilek on his Facebook, and I said, hey, there's a pre-release. You want to come? Like, and uh, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised. So, so you found somebody that actually wants to go to the Eldorazi, not run away. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, he showed up, and I paid for him and got to keep the cards, and, um, you know, so... Uh, and I, he had he had fun, and he played. I think he went. Um, I don't think he won at all, but I think he won some games, not some some rounds. I think he had two draws or one draw. But um, you know, just having not played in eleven years and trying to pick up the game, he, he did okay. So I was happy. I hope he had fun. Um, but yeah, like same kind of thing. Like somebody who doesn't doesn't exactly follow everything at all, you know, and then shows up to the pre-release. That's uh, it's just it's neat that this game can do that. And draw yeah. people back. So yeah, I had a I had buddies in yesterday, and they you know basically they all play Magic um, or have played Magic at some point, and 
they were, you know, um, and the guy that I talked to today mm-hmm. with, uh, who, who stopped in prophecy, I mean, they, um, they're all like baffled. Like, why would you take mana burn away? That like, <laughs> what? Like that makes no sense. You know? I forgot to tell my friend about that. So hopefully there was no situation where he would have, you know, been better off, you know, knowing the mana burn wasn't around anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, the, the reason it came up was that the, there's a burn spell. It's like, uh, what is it? It's two mana, deal one damage, and put an Eldrazi spawn token. Yeah, play. is that Spawning Breath? Spawning Breath, yeah. So he tried to Spawning Breath my Eldrazi token, mm-hmm. and so I sacked the token in response. So, it, so that he wouldn't get it. So the spell fizzles, so he didn't get a token. Yeah. You know, and so like he's like, and then Mana Burn, and I'm like, oh, no, that, you know, I had to yeah. explain Mana Burn changed, and, you know, he's like, that's kind of, I think his response was, that, that that's kind of dumb. Yeah. You know, but, you know, and I point out, you know, like, for like ninety percent of games, ninety nine percent of games, like it, it burn didn't really matter anyway, you know. And by taking it away, it lets these kind of cool things happen now. Like, right. how do you print a bunch of like who wants to use a bunch of tokens that are now a liability? You know, when right. removal becomes direct damage as well. Like, well, you know, it's it makes it hard to make it you know attractive. You know, and I think right. it, it definitely opened up some awesomeness. So, uh, what's your favorite playing style now? Like, do you like you, you said you like the control decks, even though you couldn't figure out how to brainstorm correctly. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know, play style. I mean, I, I have, I play a lot of different types of decks. Like, mm-hmm. because I have my, because I have a, a popper cube and I'll self pimp here, you know, yeah, playing sure. a common only cube is a lot of fun because it's super limited because mm-hmm. all the building blocks of all the sets and all the limited environments and then like the broken commons like Rancor and, mm-hmm. you know, Chain Lightning. I mean, you know, they're really good cards at common people forget about because they haven't seen them in eons, you know, and then suddenly when you get to see it, you know, pretty regularly, you know, whether it's in, you hope you're the one getting it, but, yeah. you know, that, um, you know, that, that I, you know, I, I often go like, like a, like a blue red kind of counter burn or tempo burn kind of deck or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a black green kind of, uh, big creatures and, you know, lots of, lots of removal, you know, rock kind of disruptive kind of deck, yeah. you know, and like, those are the decks that I draft in and I enjoy there. But, you know, when I build my own deck, like, you know, I've got like a, a mono green Elder Dragon Highlander deck, you know, it's okay. just drop dudes and swing. And yeah. literally that's what it does, you know, and, <laughs> and it's really good at that too, you know, and I enjoy that, you know, and it's... Who's the, the general? Kamalfist of Krosa, okay. of course. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> is that the, the default the general? Yeah, the, I'm not the an most EDH green guy. general. I mean, yeah. he, his ability is overrun. I mean, like, yeah. seriously, do you really need any other green, green general? You know, it's uh, like, fair enough, yeah, I didn't really think about that. But. See, I, I'm not an EDH guy. Like, I've built two EDH decks, and the first one was terrible. It was, like, you know, Sharum deck, but it wasn't built around Sharum. It was just he was the general. I just wanted to play the Esper colors, so that was all. Right, and it just it, the game was like for, took forever because I just was countering anything that would have made the game end, and other it just took forever. It was a three-player EDH game, and it must have taken six hours. <laughs> I was like, I'm taking this deck apart. This is terrible. And I built a Ural deck, and that's a lot faster with the uh, Ural the Mist Stalker. Uh, uh, see, I, I mean, I think that's interesting because you know I think. Um, you know the, uh, the the Earl the Earl deck, and you just meant wow. I'm blanking on the card you just mentioned. Sharum. Uh, Sharum, yeah, it, it comes in and you get an artifact back to play, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, I mean those are definitely very. I would call them like spiky EDH yeah. generals. I mean they they do really cool things. They're really or they're really difficult to kill. You know they they present you know problems in of themselves. Right. And I um you know like like. You know the the fact that you made an EDH control deck, you know, doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's just, you make decks that you like. Yeah. You know, and I think that you know, uh, you know, bad in terms of was it unfun like to play against your friends or? I don't know. It just seemed like it took way too long. Like, and that's that's <laughs> like I like I want to play a game and then I want to have time to play another game, not like leave because 
we took six hours and you know nothing really just somebody I, I don't know it just wasn't that fun for me and I, I don't know what it is but it just didn't didn't jive with me and I did I built the Ural one which is better but it's still I, I haven't played EDH since um, around the time Zendikar came out because it just when I play I want to spend my time playing the tournament decks the, the time that I can devote to magic uh, I I would like to play the tournament decks so that, that's all it, I'll wait till the people pass by. <laughs> so uh, EDH just I guess isn't my thing I don't know yeah, and that's, and that's you know, and that's okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think, um, you know, I think it gets missed sometimes when when people talk about um, you know casual things is that you know I think whatever is fun for you, like that's what you should be doing. And when it's not fun anymore, why are you doing it? Like that's a yeah. question you should ask. You know, and and you know, like I know it's not fun for me to to. I mean, I I mean honestly, like playing in a, in a pre-release sealed where there's really nothing on the line other than just like. Playing some, you know, one pack maybe. Yeah. You know, like I got nervous because I, I kind of wanted to win, you know, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> feeling like, you know, the pressure and I'm backing up, you know, it's just, that's not fun for me. But at the same time, you know, I can be playing against five other people and I've got, you know, all of all of my awesome artifacts out and I've got Crush suited up and he's big enough to start one-shotting people and I'm not <laughs> nervous at all. Like I'm in the driver's seat because like right. I know somebody's going to wipe Crush and everybody's going to pile drive me back down to, back down to earth from like 60 <laughs> life and it's fine. You know, like I'm going to be okay because when they bring me back down a level they'll ignore me again and then I'll do something else ridiculous. Right. You know, like I enjoy that thing. The, like the, the randomness and the swinginess, you know. So so is EDH like your favorite kind of format or what, what kind of formats like are your favorite type 2 Anything like that? Or? I mean, I really like EDH. There's a really strong community at Dream Wizards, and a lot of guys, like, I mean, have, like, six EDH decks, you know, um, with them every week. You know, they've got more <laughs> at home that they're still working on that they're not quite happy with, which means they're just not ridiculous enough yet. Like, they need, like, a couple more cards just to do something even more over the top, you know. And so, like, I really, you know, like a four-player game, and, you know, a lot of them are pretty aggressive. You know, they, they throw dudes around, and we're swinging at each other, you know, and there's board, you know, the, the board wipes are are frequent enough where it's, you know, it's not just overextend all the time, but, you know, yeah. it's not everybody's running, you know, a white deck with every wrath effect in the game, you know, <laughs> right. like, which, which happens at some places, you know, and so I think, you know, it's, it's a, it's a product of the community, you know, we, we all, we all pretty much follow the same kind of principle of like, let's do things that are, that are, that are fun, you know, let's throw duty at each other, you know, and there are decks that run, you know, like the, my buddy has a Shroom deck and it does have counter spells and stuff in it. But it's it's much more of like a judicious kind of thing. Like you're not you're not looking over for the counter spells all the time. It just you know he catches you and kind of pants you with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tap out. You know. Okay. I'm gonna get greedy. I'm gonna tap out and play insurrection. And that's what that's what he, that's what he's ready for. You know. He's ready for the guy who's gonna do dark steel yeah. reactor. You know. Or you know try to protect his own from from somebody else. You know. It's just it's those. You know. It's 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 the it's the use, not the not the abuse. Not even, it's not even abuse. It's just it's the principle of what he's looking to use it for. Yeah, you know, it's not the, it's not to maintain control. It's to keep from the game from getting out of control. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And that sounds kind of fun. I, I don't know. I have to look into EDH a little bit more. But <laughs> it's just like I never have time because just when I start to think maybe I'll do EDH. Oh, new set. You know, <laughs> gotta pay attention to the new set. Speaking of the new set, we'll wait till they pass by again. So speaking of the new set, uh, this was your first time playing with it, is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think? Um, I, I think it's. I think uh, I think I had expectations broken in different ways. Um, <laughs> I mean, I had a. I thought I had a, felt like a really slow deck, but like I felt like okay, there there really aren't 
aggro aggro decks. You know, it's, this isn't Zendikar. Like, I don't have to have a two drop and a three drop. I'm okay if I if I start. You know, if I if I have you know three lands and a three drop in my hand. Like, I feel like okay. You know, it's not going to be so bad. And um, you know, there's a lot of mana ramping, and you know, all the additional little spawn tokens start to add up. And um, you know, I was definitely pleased to see big stuff hopping around. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the same time, you know, I, I lost to a deck where nothing had converted mana cost greater than four. Oh, yeah. It was a straight up leveler red white aggro deck. And I just couldn't get enough he had like the flying level like the, mm-hmm. the, the Cliffhaven Knight or whatever. Oh, like the one thing. that turns into like Sarah Angel kind of. Exactly. I think, yeah, yeah but it's like a two three flyer at level one at level yeah. one. So it's just like he you know, makes some flyers and then he had like the, the red dude that at the beginning of your attack step target creature gets oh, plus two yeah. plus zero. It, you battle rattle, yeah, like some goblin kind of or something, goofy goblin. Yeah, it's just like, like okay, I got beaten down in the air like two games in a row, like <laughs> you know, like, okay. Um, but like I saw like you know uh, Umbra dot deck, you know, where it's just like you know he had the mammoth Umbra and hyena Umbra on Moldiah channelers, and there's a creature on top of the library, and I'm like, <laughs> seriously, you got a nine nine first strike vigilance? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, this is worse than the Aldrazi. Like, I have to kill it twice over, right? You know, just to be able to kill it. You know, I'm like, you know, like, I'd rather you have like, can you have like a hand of a Rackle instead? Yeah. Like, where's the Aldrazi at? Like, uh, you know, like, you know, I didn't open enough. Um, well, I didn't feel I opened enough. Um, you know, Eldrazi makers like. Uh, you know, like the like the nest invader that's like a two two that gives you a blue token, right? And then there's the you know the Kozilek's predator and you know some yeah. of the other ones that that kind of can really drive the token count up pretty quick, right? Um, you know, I was I was kind of you know I only had like one and then I had like a you know sporadic growth or you know the you know, I I felt like um I felt like I I could play Maldrazi but like I opened a Miracle, yeah, like the Aeon's torn and I'm like okay like. I did like like I, I really wanted to put it in, and I'm like I really want to be able to cast this because like, it, it's like the epic like the pinnacle of like what can I do in Eldrazi? I can yeah. cast this, and I just knew that I I'd never had a point where I had 15 mana between brew tokens and lands. Like I looked at yeah. every game, and there was no way I would have been able to ever play it. Yeah, there was uh, in all of my matches there was never a chance, never a time when I had more than maybe nine lands, right, and. At that point, like, I didn't really have tokens either, but the decks I played didn't have that many tokens. So, like, yeah. I have... We recorded some yesterday, um, and we were all kind of bothered by how slow things seemed because we had so many games that went to time, like, and, and yeah, that were draws, was. right. And so we, you, you might have seen, like, I think I posted on Twitter a little bit about it, yep. and, and, um, and we were talking about it earlier, but today went way better for me, and I don't know if it's because of the kind of deck I played or what. Like yesterday, it was blue-white levelers. And I think it was because I didn't have a ton of removal, but it was enough to where I could keep... Like it was either... I didn't have a lot of removal and no like huge win condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was kind of like I can I can beat you down for a couple turns and have some decent stuff to block with. And it was just it just seemed like um, I couldn't deal with anything really big that they had. But... For, I could I could keep stall them long enough from killing me for it to go to time and things like that. Like it was just weird. Like I, I played Transcendent Master yesterday. And I got oh, him. You don't say. Yeah. So he every time I played him, I won the game. But yeah, I only saw him twice. Good. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, and I had Ulamog's Crusher, and I think don't think I ever got a chance to even play it. Or uh, I think I had it in my hand like once or twice, and. Either I, for whatever reason, I never got a chance to play it. Either I didn't have the mana or something. So, 
-hmm. You know, it was like when I did have the win conditions, I either couldn't play them or, or for whatever reason, or I did win with them. But when I didn't, it was like every game seemed so slow. But today I had a green-white deck, which you mentioned the Umbras, and that Aura Gnarled is pretty sick. You know, the 2-2 uh, the two -two for 3, mm -hmm. and he gets plus 1, plus 1 for each Aura on the battlefield. And, and uh, the creature has to have at least his power to block him. Right. So, yeah. and so like he was awesome for me all day. Then it gets to the final round, and I'm playing against a green white deck. It's so similar to mine, except this guy's got Gideon, and and you should yep. talk about that because you had a nice time with Gideon. I think. Yeah. Well. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I'll, I'll tell talk about this, and I want to hear your situation with Gideon too. <laughs> but so I just thought this was crazy because we go, you know, I win. I won game one and he won game two and we go to game three and we're like, do we just want to draw and maybe split, you know, that way we can get, because I think we were both in, we were in like third and fourth place. So we yeah. thought we'll get packs, but I was like, you know what? I always split. I'm just, let's play, whatever. I don't care. So we played and he goes, you know, turn three, R and Arlid, turn four because of whatever ramp he had, I think, uh, Mammoth Umbra. Yep. So he's got a <laughs> seven, seven. It was because I think I might have had an I had an R and Arlet of my own and I put like the the plus one plus one and reach like a spider umbra on it. I'm like, all right, I got a four four, you know, great. You know, I can you can't block with your R and Arlet because mine's a little bigger and this is great. And he goes, I'm gonna you know play mammoth umbra on it. I'm like, great. So it's a seven seven and I can't block it at all. So he's just like seven seven and I'm like, I got one more turn and my only out in the deck I think is oust. And because I had the death touch creature, like the the two two, I forgot its name, but it's like daggerback, daggerback basilisk, yeah. yeah. I, but I can't block, nope. so I'm like, I need a top deck oust, and I top deck oust. <laughs> I'm like, this is great, and then I ended up winning. But it was just like, oh my god, this is disgusting. These umbras, even if I kill the thing with something, it's just gonna come right back. Yeah. Um, at least at that, point, the umbra was the problem in that case. The uh, the plus three plus three. Oh, and Vigilance. That was made it worse. Yep. It's got plus three, plus three in Vigilance. So even when he swings, I can put a, I can't swing back. I can't even be like, all right, well, you can hit me for seven, but I'm going to swing with a bunch. So uh, I don't know. It, it was a, The Umbras can be absolutely out of hand, but um, I want to hear about it. You're, you played against the same guy. He had mm -hmm. Gideon. Yeah. And, uh, there, was, uh, there was some noise happening when you actually killed Gideon. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so game one... Um, my deck does its thing, and I have, like, you know, turn two, Balagad, Beast Breaker, whatever it is, yeah. and then turn three, he, you know, he didn't have any on his turn, so I level him up and swing, and then turn four, I swing again, and I've got, um, you know, the the wood, the uh, the green invoker that, oh, oh, you know... Oh, that gives it trample? Is that the plus five, plus five, oh, and yeah, trample. Yeah, good for me, too. Yeah, yeah, so I drop him next turn. I just, like, he, he didn't get, like, any of his dudes out, you mm -hmm. know, so I think it's... Pretty pretty hard to lose when you're beating with four fours, you know, yeah. like four threes and stuff. So that was game one. So I didn't really see what he was doing. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, game two, it's like turn five, Gideon. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know. So the whole game, um, you know, I, I basically my deck, my deck for all it was worth, I was I could not have asked my deck to be better. It gave me <laughs> everything I could. I mean, I had artisan of at one point. I I had hand of Miracle out, and he had like the the aura the the aura guys out, and they had he had like two hyena umbras, and his dudes were you know were big already. So he's got first strikers, and so he can like double block and first strike you know stuff down. Oh so like God. I get hand of Miracle out, you know, and I'm like pounding in with with I, I'm forced to pound at Gideon, you know, and he you know it's just like 
it's just like sending the troops to slaughter. I mean, yeah. just keep, like I, I artisan of Kozilek backhand of a miracle. I mean, I did everything my deck could. It gave me everything I asked for, and it just it wasn't enough to that get over enough. to get over these awesome blockers. So get, go to game three, and so of course. Turn five, you know, I'm talking like, man, I really hope I don't see Gideon, you know, again on turn five, you know, it's just, it's really hard to get, get past. So he, of course, he has turn five Gideon, and he's got, <laughs> you know, some little wall blocker, and he's got, um, uh, he's got something with an aura on it. He's got like his Muldai channelers with like Mammoth Umbra on it or something like, uh, I, again, it's just like it's ridiculous. I'm like, yeah. okay. So uh, I top deck, um, uh, the, the instinct, the red, the red steel. Effect. Oh, traitor's instinct, right? Traitor's instinct, and I'm like, I get Gideon because I can do it. I can actually kill Gideon. <laughs> so I steal his. So I steal his channelers. I've got my two four fours, and I just you know stomp in and just absolutely crush Gideon. You know, and so Gideon goes to the graveyard, and I'm so happy because I'm like, yes, you know, like you know, like I'm not going to be fighting Gideon for like eight turns, and he immediately like plays a hyena Umbra. On his multi channelers, there's a creature on top, so he's got like a nine nine first strike vigilance, and I'm like, I'd rather have an Eldrazi. Like seriously, yeah. give, can you have Hand of Miracle? I can handle that instead of this, you know. So he just yeah. he just annihilated me with that instead. But it's like, you know, it's like uh, it was it was definitely very challenging for for at least my deck, you know. Yeah. And then of course immediately after I I you know I, I kick myself in the. Uh, you know, for, for, for cheering so much for killing Gideon uh, and realizing the magic gods punished me by giving him, you know, a Hina bro on his, in his next draw. I realized I, I had two naturalizes sitting perfectly in my sideboard that I should have right. thrown in after game through just to, like, oh, okay, look, I can, I can blow your umbra up. It's, it's not yeah. so frightening anymore. That's the thing. And with Sealed, like, I always forget about my sideboard entirely. It's yep. like, this is my deck and that's all. And then, like, oh, wait, I have a sideboard. I should have thought of that. Um... Yeah, definitely. I was sitting at the table next to you, and it was just like, "Oh my god, I killed Gideon!" All right, does that mean you win? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, I, I, not. I, literally, I mean, it was like a ten. I mean, the game was long. Game two was long. I mean, it was like it had to be seven or eight turns dealing with Gideon. I mean, it was yeah. definitely like a battle. Like he couldn't overpower me, but he kept using Gideon and his dudes to like just like beat my creatures down. And it was like, <laughs> you know, I was just like tired of like dealing with this like you know this planeswalker that just makes you like wow like. <laughs> And he's like, I don't know if this Planeswalker is a very controlling one. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> you drop it, you make him tap Gideon. Even if you blow it as like a tap effect, it's like you still buy yourself a turn. You kill some of their dudes, and it's like you know you force them to make you know to, they have to attack. Like forced to attack like stuff is usually you know pretty good. Yeah. You know when when you're the one choosing calling when that happens, exactly. you know, it's like you know. And then a couple times like he would make it a six six indestructible and throw it at me. You know, and it's like. <laughs> Oh, All right. Other ability, you know, do right. I take six or do I just throw something in the way? It's like, yeah. you know. So I mean, I think it's, um, you know, I think it really shines in like sealed. Obviously, I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, definitely good when where, where he had it. Yeah. Like so, his his uh, last ability is what he becomes a six six and prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to him. Is that what yeah? It is? I'm sorry. No, okay. I'm no, no, no. Yeah. It's just it is I, different. I was thinking like, um, I don't know. The, the other day, I was thinking about Gideon a little bit, and I was thinking. You know, everybody's like, it's not Baneslayer Angel because it costs the same and everything. Ah, it's not Baneslayer Angel, but like, I think if they printed a creature that was just 6-6 six, six for white, white, 3, and it said, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to this creature, people would be like, that's a good creature. Yep. But like, hey, he's got these <laughs> other abilities. Oh, and he, he can't block. I mean, that, that would be, so that, that's relevant, but 
you know, it's like people I think would play that. People would th- would consider it at least. Like, this is good, but you know what? Also, he can kill your tap guy and fog you. <laughs> you know, it just seems so nuts. I mean, I, I think that I think that's something people forget is that you know, if Gideon lives, you get to blow up something of theirs too. And he gets, you know, it's like you make him bigger, he lives. You make him a little bit smaller, you you know, you basically blow up their best creature, make him make bad attacks. Like, I don't know what's not to love about that. Like, yeah. you're just messing with stuff. Yeah, I did. I got, played against that guy, and he played as Gideon. I lost that lost that game against Gideon. But for him, I mean, even though I was able to take care of Gideon pretty quick, it still I think won him the game because he had uh, Ulamog's Crusher in play. So you know, every turn I'm sacrificing two things, and I'm trying to think. All right, I'll just keep trying to play permanence. I have like some decent creatures on the board. I had like the four three green invoker and like yeah. I think I had brood the the four four that gives the the brood tokens yeah, plus the, two plus one. Warden. Yeah, yeah brood warden or something. So like I had him in play. I had that, and then I'm like, you know, I play Draga tree speaker just so I can sack it to annihilator or or chump block or something. So I'm like thinking I'm at twenty. He just plays that. If I can time this right and just sack lands and um, and chump block a little bit and and some let some of it through too. Then I think I can win. I think I can race him. And then he freaking plays Gideon, and yep. it's like, uh, I, even though I killed Gideon the next turn, he he com- Gideon comes down like kill your brood warden that I had just attacked with, mm-hmm. and then um, you know next turn he, he didn't even at that point I just I was like he's gonna kill whoever I tap, so I just might as well just swing into Gideon. So I did that, but it, you know bought him basically five life because I had to kill Gideon with a five attacker that I had, and um, and. That was enough, like, it, it threw my racing plan off entirely. Yeah. I mean, basically, you're, you're talking about a card that says, you know, three and two white, destroy target cap, tap creature, gain five life. Yeah, like, exactly. That's, 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 that's awesome. Like, yeah. in Seal, you know, and then, like, you get to do other stuff, like, more and more. <laughs> like, the longer it sticks, the more it does that. Exactly. So, oh, my God, it's so good. But, I mean, you can't expect to see that kind of thing all the time, but... Uh, I wish I would have pulled Gideon, but... Yeah, that'd be nice. Anyway, I, I did okay, so it was fine. But, um... So, uh, as far as the set for, uh, do, do, are there any cards besides, um, you know, in limited environments, what cards are you kind of most excited about as far as, like, in, in the decks, in the formats that you play? Um, you know, I, whoever picks the cards at, you know, at, at, at uh, Wizards for previewing, I'm not not sure they're, I, I think it's a very smart and talented individual, <laughs> uh, because they... You know, they 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 gave me uh, it that betrays, which is yeah. just like for it speaks to me on so many different levels in terms of what I do, like what I like in EDH. You know, like I have this crush the blood deck, and mm-hmm. it steals things, and it makes people sacrifice things, and it does all kinds of really kind of mean stuff. You know, it's like my it's like my <laughs> evil deck. It's like you know when I feel like you know I really want to do some mean stuff today. Like I get that <laughs> out, you know, and it's and it does it's really resilient. It's really bounces back from stuff because it's just it does mean dumb stuff. So. Yeah. Um, you know, that that card of just, you know, making opponents, you know, sacrifice things and you get to take it, like, it's it's like a, it feels like a black effect and a blue effect, but you can put it into, like, anything, right. you know, and um, throw a couple extra Eldrazi with them and it's just like, you know, go to town, like... Yeah, and there's plenty of sacrifice. <laughs> like, what is it? Like, there's, like, barter and blood. Like, I'm just thinking of ways to make people sacrifice things, right? It's, yeah, oh, yeah. It's just, like, barter and blood and diabolic edict and cruel edict. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the, off the top of my head. Consuming vapors now has the sacrifice effect, the rebound. Like, you got you just build an entire deck around, like, you know, entire casual deck or EDH deck around it that betrays somehow. 
get to play Eye of Ugin so you can search it up. And <laughs> something to search up the Eye of Ugin. And then, I don't know. That's what I, that's, this is like the way I think. Like, I need to be, it's EDH, I need to be able to tutor for everything. <laughs> yeah. It's a one of. Um, but no, I mean, I just, you know, I mean, there, I mean, there's a bunch of really cool, uh, really cool things that I'm, you know, I'm looking at. Like, I really like the, the levelers, like, um, you know, the, the time of heroes, like mm. the, the white enchantment. Like I got one in my pool and I seriously thought about doing three color levelers. Like I, 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 I was like a turning point. Like, do I do something that's just totally ridiculously fun and, you know, around the one copy of a card I have that will yeah. always be on the bottom <laughs> of my library? Or do I actually try to make a deck that, like, you know, like is a little more straightforward and maybe will, you know, be present more challenges, you know? Uh, you know, so I took, I took, you know, the path well worn. Right. But, you know, just, you know, just the, the, you know, the levelers, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, they're no good. Oh, they don't, you know, they don't do this, you know. And it's like, you know, they're not meant to be, you know, the main slayers. You know, right. I, think, I think we've been spoiled with, you know, multicolored creatures followed by, you know, some of the really strong creatures that came in, in M10 and Zendikar. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, that, that not every creature has to be, you know, answer me immediately or, yeah. you know, you're just going to roll over. You know, like, you know, Transcendent Master and, you know, the chronologist that, you know, copy, you know, you take extra yeah. turns, you know, like... Like if those if those guys get there, like it, it's not a matter of you know can I ha- make it happen. It's when it happens, am I gonna love it? Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and you know just just putting those things you know into, into different you know into my uh, different big decks. Like I, I think you know like it'll surprise people. Like you know because they're gonna because they're gonna look at it, read the ultimate ability, and throw something at it to kill it right away because they you know yeah. they're gonna overvaluate how problematic it is, or you know they're gonna sit back and wait and forget about it until, you know, oops, I start taking extra turns. Like, yeah. you know, it seems like, um, you know, it seems like there's a lot of very cool, um, you know, and I, you know, I, I try not to use like the, the Timmy Spike Johnny terms too mm-hmm. much because I think, it, you know, like, like anything that gets overused, the meaning gets a little lost, but like, you know, it's, it's really easy to say, oh, there's a bunch of cool Timmy stuff in here, yeah. but like, you know, like training ground, like, just being able to like all the different infinite mana combos and uh, the yeah. different like cool things that you can do with that. Like when you start discounting activate abilities, you know, like throwing a ring of bright hearth and suddenly you've got like, you know, I don't know what you can do with it, yeah. but it seems like there's <laughs> something some, crazy. Like, like, yeah. like just give me some tappers and I'll go find it. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's going to take some time for, for things to season out, like which, you know, which cards are exciting for everyone. But, right. But I, I Really, like, I'm super excited about, like, everything I, I have to work with. Like, I'm sad that I decided, like, before I saw a lot more Eldrazi cards, I'm like, you know, I've got my case on order. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to open it right away like I did with World Wake. And, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to save it. And then I'm going to have, like, you know, cool, cool, fun drafty kind of stuff. And right. do, like, sealed pulls and, you know, do fun, don't do fun things with my buddies. And that requires time after I get it yeah. to get it set up. And then it takes time to open everything, you know, and then I don't see everything right away. So I have no clue how, what awesome stuff I even have yet, you know? So it's just like, you know, it's, it's waiting with bated breath, yeah. you know, to really get my hands on more of it. Yeah. It's, I, I think the funny thing about the levelers is how the pendulum is like, everybody first sees it, sees them and they're like, they're terrible. <laughs> don't you all remember figure of destiny? Like, this is sorcery speed. The levelers are terrible, you know. So that was what everybody yeah. was saying. Then, like, it seemed like people were going, "But well, wait a second, wait a second, you know, just because they're not figure of destiny, maybe they are good." And it seemed like I, it, I at least got to the point where I'm like, "Levelers are probably the best thing in the whole set." So I'm gonna just go crazy. So the, yesterday I played two lev- blue white levelers decks, and I did terrible. Well, I didn't lose, but I didn't win either. <laughs> so 
I think I need to figure out where I am on levelers. I need to find the middle ground. But for me, the pendulum is like, you know, swinging the other way where I'm like, levelers have to be really good. And then I, I, maybe I'm overvaluing them because, uh, because of that. But they definitely have a nice place in limited where, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, I think, and, and I haven't drafted yet, but if I do, I would have a hell of a fun time like just drafting straight up blue-white levelers because then I'd be pulling all those venerated teachers that nobody else wants. If nobody else is playing the levelers, venerated teacher is nuts. Yep. And uh, I had just, you know... And then you've got every you know, time, time of heroes it. and just yeah. when you start getting multiple copies. I mean, it's like... Um, kind of like allies in a way. Yeah, like it's like allies or even way back, um, you know, in Triple Champions of Kamigawa, mm-hmm. the... the the end of the was the end of the mister the the one that milled three but you could oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you could like staple it on with arcane I can picture so, like, it. I, can't, I can't when you're the, the only name. one doing that like suddenly your density on what you're doing just is like through the roof you mm-hmm. know it's like it's like okay I don't have aggressive creatures I don't have a lot of removal but you're not going to have any library by turn six yeah you know can you kill me that fast you know and and so um you know I can see where where the blue white levelers are are, are going there you know and by the same token there will be the guys with like you know the, the Total little ramp. The, <laughs> yeah, the green, the green, the green black ramping. Like I'm gonna, you know, Kozilek Predator, Corpse Hatch, you know, Eldrazi, Eldrazi, Eldrazi. You know, just like go completely crazy with with big dudes. You know. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like today, now that that I played with some of the ramp. Like I only played. I had like Jiraga Tree Speaker and like Kozilek Predator, but otherwise not really much ramp. But I was going like, oh my gosh, I have eight mana right now. What's in my hand? Oh, just like some three drops. Like, this is <laughs> terrible. But I was like, man, if I had Ulamog's Crusher in my hand, I huh? could play it right now. It's like turn four. What the hell is happening? Like, it just, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't think it was turn four. But, man, there were so many times I'd look down and go, oh, my God, I have a lot of mana. Yeah. So, like, if I was thinking about it, maybe in draft, you know, you have a lot more opportunities for that sort of strategy. Um, you know, I think it can get ridiculous. Like, we look at these Eldrazi and go, they're... They cost 10, 11, 12, 15. But, like, you can get there. Now, Embrical, I think, is the one that might be a little too far off because I think, um, I mean, if, if somebody else is ramping and they get, even if they get Ulamog's Crusher out, now you, you kind of, you're, all that lands and even Eldrazi spawn tokens, um, you know, you start losing them to their Annihilator ability. And so I think, I think you mentioned that when you were building. A yeah. little bit, like because I know there were times like I don't think I ever got to more than eight mana, I, and I mentioned that a little while ago. Um, because of things like Annihilator, you know, be, getting hit, you know, by Annihilator myself, I have to start sacrificing things, either lands or permanent or uh, creatures or whatever. So, you know, in most cases, it's you're going to end up uh, not being able to get to Embercool, I don't think. I mean, unless you really get something ridiculous, you know, it's going to have to, it's going to take a lot more work. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I could try to, like, you know, kind of sketch, situ- sketch you know, possible situations where, you know, you could yeah. do it, you know, but it's all revolving around, like, the every guy. every green Eldrazi ramping guy, and then, like, <laughs> all of the all of the uh, the defenders, you know, that tap for mana, you know, the, the green, you know, when you can tap, like, two, two creatures each for two mana each, like, suddenly... Okay, yeah, you know, you've got Tree Speaker and, and you know, you've got six mana just from creatures and you've got yeah. these more and then you've got all these brew tokens that you've built up, you know. You know, it, it 
can become a reality, but that magical seal pull, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll, I'll see it. You know, I'll hear, I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure it happened this weekend. Somebody, somebody was like looking across the board going, they've got a bunch of dorks. I've got this under control. And then just a miracle <laughs> came down and just like rained, you know, fiery heaven vengeance, like down upon somebody. And that, you, yeah, that any of you, you know, out there that are listening, uh, if you did or saw somebody play Emrakul during sealed. during sealed and and maybe even in draft, but you know either one. I just want to hear like a pre-release story about somebody playing in limited, you know, Rise of the Eldrazi and somehow getting Emrakul out and how it happened. Like I, I don't want to hear like I walked by a table and saw Emrakul. That that doesn't count. <laughs> you need to tell me how it happened because that's what I want to know. Um, so uh, I guess we can wrap this up. Did you have any uh, any other interesting things that you wanted to, to mention? Or I I can't think of any uh, other questions myself. But you know. You're going to be at GPDC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you're running kind of a special thing there, aren't you? Doing some, something with a cube, maybe? Or, or was that... Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not running anything. I'm okay. not... Um, but you... I, I mean, I've helped... I've provided some feedback to um, kind of like the, the big casual coordinator we have at Dream Wizards, JD. He's uh, he's like... A, he's one of the nicest guys. Yell for me. He's a really great guy. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, for as much as he has a disdain of like the, 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 the real competitive, hardcore type tournament players. It's just because he's been burned and seen players burned by the, the ones that, you know, use their powers for evil. Oh, right. Make, you know, uh, let's make it, let's make a trade, you know, it doesn't work <laughs> out very well for the guy who's not up on values and, you know, just opened his first pack in six months. Right. You know, um, but uh, he, there, there's going to be a lot of cool casual things going on, uh, especially on Sunday. Um, you know, Peasant Standard, uh, if you're not familiar with Peasant, it's all commons, including your sideboard, except for up to five uncommons. So it's it's basically standard where Jun doesn't exist. Um, yeah. <laughs> for those of you looking for an escape, it's you know it's um, you know bring your bring your Jun deck for the main you know for day one, and if you don't make it, well you know just take out all the rares and, and go from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and uh, you know we you know he cooked up uh, you know with some of the other casual guys um, something I wrote about group game draft. You know, and I and I want to make it clear I don't take any credit for this. You know, and and free for all drafts been talked about before, but. Um, what makes group game draft different is that it doesn't run itself to stalemates too often uh, because of the rumble rule, which, um, you know, you can read about it, you know, just search group game draft, you know, uh, on Wizards and you'll find it. But um, basically, you know, for every point of life loss, you, you through damage or, you know, life loss effects to opponents, you gain a rumble point. And when you get the 20, you can pick a card from your sideboard, set it aside, and then anytime you can normally play that card, you can play it without paying its mana cost. Hmm. Um, you, know, you could pay for X, you know, X spells or additional costs. You still have to pay, right? Um, but you know, it, it encourages you know uh, aggression in an otherwise you know sort of defensive mindset kind of table. Um, yeah. You know, because it's limited, but it's multiplayer, so you know right. you don't want to you don't want to leave things hanging out. But yeah. if you can get the damage across, you know, you can start to. You know, you can play a you know a Sarah Angel or a Colonial Behemoth and be completely out of colors. Yeah, you know, it really opens up um, you know a, a lot of new direction with that. So it's it's drafting, but um, it's a lot more fun. I like it. A lot yeah, yeah, I've never even heard of that, but it's, it sounds like fun. I mean, multiplayer is, is pretty fun usually. Uh, actually, just playing Magic is fun in general. So yeah. you know, whatever it happens to be, I, you know, we all have our favorites. But um, the the other thing is that the the tournament owner uh, uh, tournament organizer uh, for uh, for GPDC uh, Laurel asked me to um, if I would gunsling my cube, which is you know a, a popper cube. It's got a lot of multicolor kind of focus things. You know, um, I'm trying to fix it up so it's all ready to go by the time GPDC rolls around, and I've and I've made some changes for the better with it. But um, I'll be I'll be parked all day Sunday uh, doing that next to. Uh, um, 
good friend of mine, Chris Harton, uh, he works at Dream Wizards, and, and he uh, he kind of showed me the stack sort of concept. So if you're if you're looking for anything that's not um, you know, just like from a break from something, or you want to see some, you know, just some purely fun magic, you know, just for the sake of it, you know, that there will be some, be a bunch of it floating around on Sunday. So don't be, don't be afraid to show up and, and just to have fun. You know, you don't yeah. have to, you don't have to be super competitive to, to do something at the Grand Prix. That's right. So you heard that here, you know, uh, you go to GPDC and you're looking for serious fun, talk to Adam. <laughs> Come and gunsling with Adam. So thanks a lot, Adam. Thank you.